What's going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Picky one is that would be me. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark-Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Talkbox. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with the mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's said entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. No, your boy wouldn't steer you wrong. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt, because gospel is what it's all about. Hey, 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 thank you so much for tuning in to Anointed Radio Network. Listen, if you have not already done, we just ask that you, for one, go in, share, like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Listen, get on your friends, text them right now and tell them, download the Anointed Radio app. Have them follow us on all social media platforms because, as always, we have an amazing show for you on today. So I'm stepping in real quick for Pastor Jay Calhoun, but we just want you all to make sure that you are following us out there. Pastor Jay always open up the show with a scripture and prayer, and I would be omiss if I did not do the same in his, in his absence for the moment. So make sure that on today, you remember Isaiah 41 and 10, which says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand righteous right hand. A lot of times we are going into seasons and, and things that are uncomfortable for us. We are moving in new realms. We are constantly trying to elevate. We should constantly be elevating. And sometimes we are fearful of it. Sometimes we are fearful of the unknown. We are fearful of what it is, but make sure that you do not allow fear to keep you stagnant, that you do not allow fear to keep you complacent and keep you in the same spots that you are always in. Fear can be crippling to you. So have faith and understand that the more that you feed your faith, that the smaller your fears would, would get. So as I always say, the story of the two wolves is which one you feed the most, that is the one that's going to win. So if you feed your fear the most, then that is what's going to win. But if you feed that faith, if you actually get into the word and you begin to realize that the same God 
that did it for everyone else will do it for you. That the same God that had did it, and a lot of times we go back just to the Bible, but let's bring it up a little bit and say the same God that did it for their ministry, the same God that did it for their business, the same God that did it for their family, the same God that healed my grandma from cancer, or the same God that healed, he will do it for, for you as well. So make sure that you do not allow fear to be crippling to you in this season. So with that, Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you for all those that have tuned in, all those that are going to listen right now. Right now, Lord God, we just ask that you just give them faith like they never had before, Lord God, that you begin to put people in their path that will begin to speak to their faith and not their fears, that you put people in their path that is going to lift them up and help them to see those things that they cannot see, that they speak to those things that are not and begin to call them forth and that they begin to have a faith walk, that their talk is about faith and that they are constantly in moving in faith and not in fear, that they do not become stagnant by what they what they have heard people say in the past or what others may have seen, or they do not come stagnant in their fears, but that they begin to walk in faith and carry out the plans and purposes that you have for their life. So with that, thank you, amen. Listen, with that, we have a awesome panel, awesome guests on here today. And I would just like to bring each and every last one of them up and give them a chance to introduce themselves and tell a little bit about them and where you can actually find them. So we first, we have Brittany Marley. We have Simi So Real. How y'all doing, ladies? Yeah. Come through with the Isaiah and the righteous right hand. I always say that. It's like, I know you God, I know your left one is good, but we need that righteous one today. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm a lefty. Okay, but the right one, I got you. Righteous <laughs> I right God, hand. I say God's righteous right hand. <laughs> God. The power. That is it the right hand? The right hand. That one. It's, it's in that one. I know your left one's good, God, but that one right there that you be talking about, that's what I need. No, no I just feel some type of way to God, not a southpaw, but all right. No, oh, <laughs> what's up, everybody? I am Brittany Marley, and you can find me on Instagram at I am Brittany Marley and on Testimony Tuesday with Brittany and Kelly.blogspot.com every Tuesday, 7 p.m. EST for testimonies you know it's a testimony show we have guests that come on and just share their lives share what god has been doing for them if you want to be a guest reach out to us on instagram at revelation uh 12 verse 11 and we'll be happy to have you i am your girl semi so real you can find me on tiktok instagram and facebook that is semi s-o-r-e-a-l so real one word <laughs> awesome and I am your girl, Prophetess Tish. You can find me on Instagram at fervently.creations. You can also find me on Facebook at Tishier. Hey, I also be in them clubhouse streets. Find me on there as well, Prophetess Tishier. And also check out my website, www.fervelycreations. And if you want to see me in person, please do not hesitate to meet me in Atlanta, Georgia, June 2nd through June 4th for the Prisoner Award in the Mind anthology and book lunch as well as conference with prophetess coach Sophia Ruffin Wilson now and so please follow me there listen if you have not already let's say it one more time and let's also get these bills paid download the anointed radio app and follow us on all social media platforms at 
LV Anointed Radio. Also, you can download anointedradio.com. But hey, if you want to donate for us, we love a love offering. If you do not mind and do not count it robbery, please go to Cash App and, and send us a love offering at Anointed Radio Network. With that, y'all, we got a special guest in the house on today. And I am so excited to be able to talk to him to figure out exactly what he is, especially since we're talking about all this social media stuff and marketing. Because, I mean, I don't know how Jesus did it without, without you know, how he got 5,000. You know what I'm saying? We we have ways to reach out, and but Jesus was... Anyway, so he's gonna he gonna give us a little insight, a little clue. With that, Pastor Larry Weathers. Up, oh, hold on, Pastor well, Jay. Hold, is on, in the hold house. on, I had to interrupt. You wasn't gonna introduce me. That, no, that, I didn't know you was back. I thought you was. Hold on, let me. No, I, I can't. I know he came back. Pastor Jay is in the house. Hey, everybody, it's it. Pastor Jay. Uh, <laughs> lovely job, Prophetess Tish. Thank you for being able to step in and go and use your gifts amen but you can follow me at anointed jaylon on all social media platforms this is pastor jay and like always i got something to say um you can follow me on my music platforms at um all those music streaming platforms spotify apple get the jesus you make me happy my team reps jesus renew my praise slip away all those good music tracks and um if you wanted to know i just have some good news um i am now represented uh, by a talent agency called urban talent here in las vegas boise and um colorado uh no utah so that's why i was a little bit late had to handle some business you know what i'm saying but great things coming for anointed radio like she said go ahead and follow us on all our social media platforms and see what we do individually because we do all these great things and if you did not know you're watching on roku yes Follow us at Roku and watch on TV. Go in front of your TV and watch this show because you can do it right there live. And Prophet Tish, back to you. Listen, my bad, Pastor Jay, because we was black girl magicking up here. Like we, we, were. we, we, we were. was we were. We were in it. Like, oh Not man, black. not the man. But you know, my bad. Oh, we God. love you. Should I leave? No, no, you can stay. Oh, you, stay. You, you already slid. You already slid in like those. He folks did. Folks DMs. He did. Pop that in Slide to the right. I'm just saying. <laughs> crisscross. Well, we're gonna crisscross over to Pastor Larry Weathers. Tell them how they can find you and how they can connect with you. Hey, everybody! It's so good to be here. Thank you all so much for the invitation and. I am so excited to be here with you this evening. I'm Larry Weathers. You can find me Facebook and Instagram, Larry Weathers Live. And I look forward to connecting with you and sharing with you. Amen. 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 So, Pastor Larry Weathers. No, let's let's go over to Brittany Marley. She said she got a new show for us today, a new game for us. And it is not this or that. So what are we playing today, Brittany? <laughs> it is not this or that. We just want to play a game to kind of loosen everybody up before we jump into the serious stuff, before we get into seriousness. And here comes Dr. Marvinetta Clay. What? <laughs> just in time for the game, ma'am. I don't think we can hear it quite yet. Yeah. Okay. Can y'all hear me? Yes, Dr. Marvinetta. You can hear me now. We can. Oh, okay, there we go. All right, good. All right. 
just <laughs> in time for the game. Okay, so we're playing a new game, and it goes like this. It's just a bunch of random fun questions, right? And we're going to go in order, but you can kind of like rapid fire answer them if it's a rapid fire uh, question. So we'll just go Prophet Sish, Pastor Jay, down to Simi, down to Pastor Larry, and to Dr. Marvin and Clay, and it'll just keep going around in that order. If you're not comfortable answering the question, or if you don't know, you can say pass, and it'll go to the next person. And if y'all keep passing and nobody answers it, I'm just going to move on to the next question. All right? They're fun, silly questions. So here we go. Nothing serious. Prophetess Tish, starting with you. Name a candy bar with chocolate and caramel. Oh, a snicker for sure. Boom. There it is. Pastor Jay, what kind of bread can you get at Subway besides white bread? Italian, Italian herb with cheese. All right. Sammy, finish the lyric. Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus. You better know it, Pastor. You work at Chick-fil-A. Give your best Chick-fil-A greeting. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Chick-fil-A, where we're so excited to serve you. Out of all of the restaurants you could have went to, you came to the very best one. We ain't selling no beef here. It's chicken all the way. May I take your order, please? Listen, listen, assignment cleared. Check. All right. Man, you work at McDonald's. Greet me. Take my order, please. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. And we are the happy, happy, happy people. How can I serve you? No, we need the. I'm looking for the real McDonald's. Promise no, you, the real McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Letitia. Thank you for coming to McDonald's. Uh, what you want? What you want? <laughs> what order you say? Huh? I can't hear you. Exactly. All right, we're gonna get off of there. We're gonna get off of there. Pastor James, name that cartoon, okay? Tommy, Chucky, Phil, and Lil, Angelica. Rugrats. Boom. There you go. Sammy, name the green dinosaur in Barney. Pass. Pastor. Pass. No clue. Pass, I don't care. I don't know. Green dinosaur. Son. Hey, hey, son. Can I can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> we need, we need baby bop or something like that. Baby bop. It's baby bop. Baby, baby bop. bop. You know, I was saying, Pastor, you, the, you the one in here with still babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to uh, Pastor Larry Weathers. Name a four-letter word that starts with the letter B. Um, babe. There you go. Dr. Marvin and Clay, what is six times four? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 32. Uh-oh. 28. Somebody help her. Let her phone a friend. 24. 24. 24. There you go. <laughs> I know my math. <laughs> yeah, you know it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Private Stitch, what's oh. the name of the only black girl on Rugrats? That sound like no Angelica was the other one. Yeah, one was her friend. He was Angelica's friend. It was Help just an article. It was just an article about how she was a single black mother with no husband when they did oh the article. Oh my gosh, what's her name? <laughs> Who is Veronica? No, it was nobody knows. Her name. Like, I know. Who is Veronica? Her name was Susie. Her name was Susie. Susie. It seems like the names would have been mixed. Like she should have been Angelica, and the uh, main one should have been a Susan. 
Anyhow, go. Last question it is for Pastor Larry Weathers. And you can take your time with this. This is not rapid fire. What is the greatest lesson you've learned thus far? Oh, man. Greatest lesson. Learned a lot. I would probably say the greatest lesson is um, choosing myself doesn't make me selfish. I like it. Yeah. Like that is why I asked those questions. There you have it, guys. There you have it. And that is the game. That is the game. Don't have a name for it, but I hope you guys enjoyed the new game. Because I want to play it again. Rapid, Rapid fire. fire. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Rapid fire. I like that. So uh, one thing I could say to everybody while you're listening, I hope you guys enjoyed that game. Make sure you share, like, subscribe. We're about to go into an interview uh, with Pastor Larry Weathers. He has a wealth of knowledge, and we definitely would love to hear more about his wealth of knowledge, his personal life, and testimony. So, Pastor Larry Weathers, this is going to be um, kind of reintroducing you to some and reintroducing, and, and I guess you could say introducing you to others. I said it mess, all messed up. I, I'm supposed to be Baptist. I know. Of, I was about to say my I, name is old. I know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, where um, is your hometown, and where do you reside now? My hometown is actually Danville, Kentucky. That's where I reside now. And we just moved back. I was in the Atlanta area for some years and we moved back in May of last year to my hometown, small town here in Kentucky. Danville, Kentucky. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to ask this question. What was your very first ministry in church? Well, I grew up in the sanctified holiness church. And so my first ministry was given good testimonies. And so I would give those fiery testimonies. And so then they figured if I was testifying good, then I must be called to preach. So I preached my first public sermon at age 15. I was ordained at age 18. So I started early. What was that sermon about? Do you remember? It's time to make a change. I talked about an interior decorator walks into a building and they can see things nobody else can see. And if they walk in an empty room, they can see chandeliers. They can see colors on the wall. They can see furniture. And that's what God does for us. He walks in our life and he can see what others can't. So it's time to make a change according to his will, not ours. At 15, sir? I have a question for that. So in that, in that, and I think that's kind of where I'm noticing some people, and I've actually had it mentored to me that you know, the younger generations, and that once they say that they're talking about the millennials and under, that we're real open with our testimonies and that it's something that we should not be sharing in church hmm. with our, our testimonies and being so transparent. How do you see the difference in your preaching style once it comes to being transparent enough to tell your testimony over to win souls and versus oh. others that it's kind of different? Because apparently you saw that at a young age. Absolutely. So how I've, I've been very transparent from, uh, I wouldn't say from day one, because I was brought up that you didn't share. You didn't share your struggles. You did not talk about any issues you have. Matter of fact, I hid most of the issues that I had my entire life, uh, issues with lust and, and perversion, things that were passed down to me. I, I didn't come into the world asking for it. Hey, God, give me, give me, you know, two ounces of lust. Uh, you know, these things were passed down to me and in my bloodline. And because the church culture wouldn't allow you to be real, 
that I covered a lot of those things and hid those things. Well, later on, they manifested in my life and, and I was doing some stuff, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, dance, shout, and was in some stuff. And so I had to have a moment of realness where I had just a horrible failure. And in that moment, honestly, I tell people that's really when I got saved. Uh, because I finally encountered the love of Jesus. That was not what my mom and dad said. It wasn't what my grandparents said. It was Jesus when I thought he was going to cut me off. I felt his love the strongest at my lowest. And so from that day forward, I said, if God could love me at my lowest, I'll never care about my reputation so much that I won't share my real story with people for the hopes that it'll encourage them. And so I always share very transparent. Some people say I'm too transparent, but I, I, I have no problem sharing. Mm -hmm. yeah. What has been the impact on you being so transparent? Like, have you seen the direct impact? Is it slower? Do you see people, you know, come up to you after service or? Absolutely. It's, it's instant um, because most people get introduced to me in the preaching moment. So in the preaching moment, when the oil is on you, you know, there's a glory, there's a glow on you. I mean, a power of God. And many times people can equate that to you being, you know, masterful in all things in your life. And, and I always preach because I want people to see that. But then I share throughout the message or after the message, some of the things that I've been through. And it's immediate um, that individuals, especially congregants, they immediately come to me. I've had bishops, even apostles in their office afterward, cry and tell me, man, I've never encountered someone who was that real, but you could clearly see the anointing and how it, it helped them in a moment because they can't be real about it and can't share. So I've seen it. I've also seen the other hand, though, because I have been so transparent, I've not been invited back to certain <laughs> churches. Uh, I've had wow. certain pastors and bishops and apostles say that was too real. And uh, I don't need you in here making people think they can sin and act any kind of way and God still use them. And so to that, I usually, you know, respond, if that's what you took away from me sharing my testimony, I don't want to come back here to preach because you missed everything that I was saying is it's not a license to sin. It's helping people understand that, that when we sin, we have an advocate that's in the word. And I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like so I, I I, I'm very candid and open about how what what got me from stripping and prostitution was the fact that my aunt first made herself relatable to me. After that, she encouraged and empowered me. And then she gave me instructions. And so a lot of times that is that's what it takes. But I understand because I'm open with stories and, and things like that that I'm not welcome in everyone's pulpit. And that's okay. That's okay. Because somebody have to go outside of the pulpits. And a lot of us are looking for a pulpit experience and forget that it's the ones that we're trying to reach are not actually inside of the four walls of the church. So I love, I love that you're open and transparent. So I would want to add on to this. Do you feel that if more ministries were transparent on how they got there and how they're maintaining that would bring back the youth i think it would to some degree uh but there's a part of me that feels regular standard institutional church there aren't any changes they can make that's going to bring people back and this i just had this conversation on another another podcast 
I really believe what's happening is there's a new reformation that's taking place in the body of Christ and a different type of ministry is being formed and it's emerging. I feel like God tried and tried and tried to get the church to make changes. The church said no. And so there comes a point where the Lord says, my spirit won't strive with you always. And, and, and I think by and large, what we're seeing in a lot of the standard churches, Ichabod has been written mm, over glory. Yes. I'm no longer there. Y'all gathering every week, but I'm no longer there. God's finding these pockets of people who are gathering together. No one cares about position, the title. No one cares who's in charge. They don't even really care about money. They're coming together due to a sound they're hearing from God. Matter of fact, me, me and my wife, we're launching something um, uh, this month here in a town called Lebanon, Kentucky, and we're calling it sound. And it literally is a gathering for people who have no interest joining a church, love God. They want worship. They want word. They're just kind of over serving. They've been used. They've been abused. They've burned out. Uh, they're tired of dragging their kids somewhere just to say they were at church and not getting what they need. And so we're going to have these gatherings, not a church plant, even though we're church planters planted a lot of churches. This is just for groups of people who need worship and word. And I think more of that is starting to happen. And we're seeing this generation really respond to that uh, because every other area of their life, they have a choice on how they connect, how often they connect, how regular they connect, if they want to connect every week or not. Nobody puts them down. If you don't show up to the club every weekend, there's the club director is not getting on the mic. Where were you at last week? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't frequent the mall every week, no one's had, why weren't you at the mall? It's the church. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. amazes me is many times the church is demanding that you be somewhere that isn't even that concerned that you're getting what you need. So I think right now we just have to we have to launch and I, I applaud you all. I, I can tell just by hearing how you all are talking, how you're flowing. I applaud you for this and I'm going to support this and I'm going to sow into into this this ministry uh, because we need more of this type of platform that it's OK to be regular. You don't have to be super deep. You don't have to start mm -hmm. talking with an accent. Because you're prophesying, you know, we, we can just be real and regular, highly anointed. We will cast the devil out. Don't play now. We can identify Jezebel. We can identify Delilah, but we also can identify Ahab because uh -huh. Jezebel wouldn't have been a factor if Ahab was in order. So yeah. I, I just think that we're seeing we're seeing a resurgence, man, of power and then no substitute for engaging people's mind. Mm -hmm. There's a very cerebral movement that's happening now. And it's, it's engaging the minds of people that you can think your way through the word. And we've made faith be the absence of, of thinking, the absence of cerebral cognition. That's not faith. Faith is just being able to see it and hear it on God's frequency. Mm -hmm. But everything about God is connected to your mind. Let this mind be in you, not let this spirit, not let this Holy Ghost, not let these tongues or this shout, let this mind be in you. And the church refuses to engage people at their mind because if you engage me at my mind, you cannot swindle me with sensation. Mm. You better. Scream. I love it. I, I love needed it. that. Yeah. I needed that. I needed that. Yeah. And even I, though, Pastor, you haven't, um, you, we know that you are a, um, church planter, you are actually planting in the churches. 
in this season with that ministry of sound. So God bless you. Thank you so much. I received that. Thank you. So one thing I would like to ask is what was your inspiration growing up in the church and like what really led you to go down this path? Because a lot, a lot of times it wasn't, you know, a lot of us, some people like I'm a PK and some people like, well, my mama was a singer, so I'm become a singer. And some people have different inspirations that brought them to church. You know, the person that covered you when you wasn't seeing eye to eye with God. What, what was that experience for you? I am a PK. My dad's dad was a bishop. Uh, my mom, they both are deceased now. Uh, five generations of preachers. So it was it was pedigree for me for preaching. I should not have been preaching at age 15. Nobody should have approved me preaching at age 15. <laughs> I should have been allowed to be a regular kid at age 15. Hmm. Because when you step into certain areas of ministry, the kingdom knows no age. So attacks, yep. systematic things of the enemy are reserved for certain spaces in the kingdom. And if you're too young, and, and hear me when I say this now, it doesn't mean God couldn't speak through me, but putting me in certain places that I really wasn't ready for, that, that affected my entire life. And mm -hmm. so the influences in my life were, I'm going to be honest with you, it wasn't necessarily people. It was manipulation and control. Those yeah. were the influences that actually got me to preaching. It's because my dad said I was going to preach. My mom said I was going to preach. Everybody expected me to preach. Nobody knew I was dealing with depression. Nobody knew I was suicidal. And so as a result of that, I literally grew up torn inside of me that I should not be doing this. But on Friday, I would leave school in high school, man. And I'd fly somewhere or I'd travel somewhere and preach Friday night, Saturday, preach somewhere Sunday come back to school on Monday. And while everybody's talking about what they wow. did on the weekend, I was at somebody's conference. And because I was so young, I've sounded like an old man my whole life, but because <laughs> I was so young, I was an anomaly and a prodigy. And so that was applauded. And people thought I was just, you know, celebrated and all this. But inwardly, man, I was I was crying out. I remember I would lay in, in hotel rooms, man, 17-year-old kid, just and I'd climb up under the bed or I'd get in the closet. I would I had so many issues going on with me uh, that all these prophetic people could prophesy my destiny, but nobody could prophesy my dilemma. Mama. And so I had to deal with it myself. And it almost took me out. So with the, with the prophecy and also being pushed out there ahead of time, you got so many people. And of course, we also see it through social media, because a lot of people are turning more so over to social media for their platforms versus a pulpit. And you got so many people that are placing titles on their self that their character has not been built for, are they're walking in and they're causing, again, I, I don't think I can call it unnecessary warfare, by placing a title on themselves too soon, just because you have the gift of prophecy does not mean that he actually called you into being a prophet. And so you have a teaching or a teaching training where you are actually training those, actually getting them up into maturity and actually learning more about the prophetic. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, I have a, a private network called the Lion's Den Network. 
Uh, and um, it's actually within Facebook and you can, it is a subscription. It's $10 a month. It's only hundred dollars a year. I haven't raised the prices. It's, it's, it's very nominal. I feel for what you get, but inside of that, uh, and you can get there by going to the lion's den.live, the lion's den.live, and you can subscribe. We're actually launching February the 6th. So get in now because there's in there is where I have a prophetic hub. I have a hub for individuals that feel called to the prophetic where I teach on the difference of flowing in the prophetic. According to Joel chapter uh, uh, in in the last part of Joel, we understand that everybody's going to be prophetic in this age. We're in this final dispensation, one more left before we look at the return of the Lord. And so everybody is is to be prophetic. But the office of prophet uh, is different. The office of apostle is different. And so I have an apostolic hub. Uh, that is only dedicated to those that know they're apostolic, but they'll never be called apostle. They'll never have a big ring or set on a cathedra. They understand there's something about me that understands systems and order and structure. I've been called to it. Uh, I do business training, entrepreneurs. I'm CEO of a brand and, and a design firm. And so I do a lot of entrepreneur work as well. And then I weave the prophetic with being an entrepreneur. How are you apostolic sitting in the boardroom? What is the language for that? You can't talk about the anointing. You can't talk about an unction in the boardroom. You can't quicken in the boardroom. So how do you express your apostolic anointing in a corporate environment? All of that I talk about and share. I do in-depth Bible studies. The first one we're doing in February is how do you handle clear contradictions in the Bible? You literally can see it's a contradiction in scripture. How do you handle that? So we we deal with things that that some topics and things that a lot of times the church won't deal with. We get into mm-hmm. that in the lion's den. As I tell everybody, come roar with us. It's time to recapture your glory. I just wanted to say one thing about just that last comment that you made about um, you can't go into the boardroom and say that. I was on an interview recently. I was um, We were interviewing people to come in and one of the women um, at the table, she says, there is a shift that is going on. There is a shifting in a a quickening that's happening. And um, one of the people said, now, what is the shift exactly? And they had a, um, well, how would you define this? Oh, and I sat there and I, you know, I, I understood what she was saying, but of course the other members that they did not, the other panelists. And I just said, oh my goodness. And she was like, and she, it, there was a dilemma because she was, she was a great candidate, but the wrong language for the wrong time, you know, just the wrong audience. I they were trying to take notes. They were trying to take notes. I said, I know what you're saying, sister, but I thought to myself, I, I said that in my spirit. My spirit was like this. But my right. Said, right. <laughs> <laughs> Marketplace <laughs> ministry. Wow. Um, You know, I was listening to what you were saying and starting at the age of 15. And um, and like you said, you you know, that's you should not have, you know, you should have been living a normal life in in so many words. And um, on social media, you know, they they have so many young people that are, um, you know, being little preachers. Let me say it like that. Mm -hmm. All the way down to I follow this little boy named Luke, who was five years old, I believe he is. And of course, you could see that there's something there and everything, but I'm like, he's five years old. He needs to live a little boy's life. And it almost reminds me of a Michael Jackson. 
that when he was put out there at a young age and how he was forced into the industry so much so that he couldn't live a young life. He couldn't live a life that a lot of us were able to only because of the peers and, and the pressure and everything that has been pushed on people. What do you say to some of these people that are, especially parents, especially those that are, um, you know, yeah, the children, they don't know any better. But what do you say to the parents that um, see this call on them? And um, what would you say to them to, to encourage them to not push them that way or to have another direction for them? Absolutely. That's an excellent question. I, I would remind them that it's it's as easy to live vicariously through a child in the spirit the way people do in sports. Mm -hmm. I've, I've watched men force their son to play football because their aspirations for football were unrealized. And mm -hmm. so they were actually getting a second chance through their son. And if not careful, we can do that in the kingdom. There are sometimes individuals who didn't accomplish certain things. And when they see the gifting and they see the anointing on a child, they want to just push that and celebrate it. And I got to be honest, sometimes it's so that attention comes back to them as parents. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. it's that they can feel good that that's my kid up there tearing it up and, and killing it. But I teach this uh, and, and I teach a seminar uh, on this child abuse. And mm. when people hear child abuse, they think beating a child and neglecting them food. But abuse, the word abuse is a compound word. It's ab usage. And it's the and ab is abnormal, abnormal usage. If, if I had a nail uh, that was in a in a piece of wood and I took my shoe well, I wore a size 15 shoe, pretty hefty shoe. I could probably drive the nail through the wood with the shoe. But I tear the shoe up because that is abnormal usage for a shoe, mm -hmm. even though it could do it. That's not what a shoe was designed for. Mm -hmm. And so children are not designed at certain ages to be engaging certain things of the kingdom at certain levels to force them to do that is abnormal usage. Yeah, makes sense. And, and it becomes abuse because I've had therapists tell me that what I experienced was PTSD. Wow. Wow. So, and so I think sometimes we don't realize that what we're doing to children, we're looking at it, oh, they're, they're sanctified unto God and, and Hannah gave Samuel back to God. Yeah, all those things are great, but you can you can have them be a speaker at the youth service. Mm -hmm. You can have them give speeches. Stop calling them sermons. Let them mm -hmm. give a talk. You, you can frame that language so that there's not the pressure for them. Now, what do they do? They start acting like a preacher. Yeah. Now they're mm -hmm. mimicking the preachers they see on YouTube. You're mm -hmm. seven years old with a hand towel. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I saw an 11-year-old kid and he had an armor bearer. And someone laid his, his Bible down on the podium before he preached, 11 years old. Wow. And, and again, I was treated that way. I, I was flown first class sometimes. I would ride in limos. There'd be two or three armor bearers around me. I'm 15 years old. I mean, it was it was like a rock star. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. But but all of those things were not allowing me to have normal usage of my life. I really wish there had been mentors there that said, man, you're highly anointed. We see the call of God on you. We're going to facilitate it this way. And we're going to mentor you into that, that you mm -hmm. still have a life. 
because yeah. to this day, I feel the effects of certain things I never experienced as a kid, never experienced as a teenager. And to this day, I still think about those things. Wow. So I have to ask, so you're saying that Big Mama was abusing me when she made me sing at three years old in the choir? Because I didn't want to do it. I don't talk about nobody's Big Mama. I I don't don't, 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 I ain't talking about your Big Mama. Your Big Mama was wonderful, man. That that was a big woman. I love Big Mama. Oh, wait, nobody wants to talk about Big Mama. I ain't talking about nobody's Big Mama. Not on record. Because, <laughs> you know, that's you, you, hear a lot, you hear a lot of singers say that that's how they got their start. You know, they were literally told, um, get up there. And then some yeah. singers got turned off of music because it was a forced thing instead of falling in love thing. So I, God yeah. never forces. God never forces. Never forces. Yes. God is a gentleman. He never forces mm-hmm. himself on you. It's Satan mm-hmm. who rapes. And sometimes the church mimics the behavior of Satan and we call it God. We call it order. We call it being submitted. Mm. And we're allowing rape culture to people that are called and anointed of God. Mm-hmm. That's God one of the things uh-uh. I've said that on this show before. And I had a conversation, a brief conversation with Prophetess Tish about it before, about how like as parents, um, we kind of want our children to get have the same pathway to Jesus that we had. You want them to have the same relationship that you have. And I'll be transparent and say that with my kid, you know, he knows how much of a Jesus freak that I say that I am about Jesus. So much so he bought me a necklace with his birthstone, my dog's birthstone, and Jesus's birthstone. That's how much he knows. Um, and so with him, I remember... You know, I do like the Bible plans and all of these things. I know his uh, thoughts about church because of the churches that we've been through. And it was kind of like I was just trying to get Jesus into him in like whatever kind of way that I could. So, you know, Bible plans and all this stuff is my thing. And I would kind of like have him do it. Ask him, are you doing this? Are you doing this or whatever? He said it wasn't his thing. And it was kind of making me feel a type of way as a parent. But listen, like you said, God does not force. Jesus does not force him way. Like he told me, the Holy Spirit told me, you need to back up. You know what I mean? Like, you need to back off. I'm transparent to that. And me and my kid are very open with each other. He'll tell me. I'm like, look, the Lord done told me. So, I, I mean, he got you back. Okay. <laughs> like, he has you because you just want. It's like you. But I remember where I was, too. And I turned out. I feel like I turned out pretty good. I'm still growing. I feel like I'm pretty great. So, it's just kind of like you have to remember. Or at some point, like I said, separate yourself from your child like you're one human being that child is a human being we're both like separated i'm god's child that's god's child and i know certain things i'm gonna whisper because i don't know if he's listening but i know certain things about my child right that i haven't revealed to him just because of what you're talking about i'm gonna let god do that like god has already told me to back off um and when you don't see things aligning with what God has said, sometimes you're trying to, you want to rush his hand. Sometimes you want to like speak into your child. But God is not telling you to tell him right now. So I have learned that over these years. So I get what you're saying. You're talking about abusive. Like I never want to be that. You know what I'm saying? And when I've seen myself go down that path trying to like, listen, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I'm, I'm glad that I can hear. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't damage him in that way because 
even like what you said with like uh, singing in the choir, Pastor Jay, and it turns people off. It turns people off with their relationship and their view of Jesus, too. And I don't want to taint that with him. And so like as parents, it's just kind of like God is the overall, you know, he's the father, you know, let him do what he's going to do and let him guide you into that. And because I was a young parent and I had him at 16, it took me a minute because, you know, trying to figure out who I am. And then you have uh, outside voices trying to tell you what you need to do with your child. So you're trying to implement that. But as I'm getting older, like me and my son talk about that. And I've had to like ask for forgiveness and apologize <laughs> for certain things and like back off. So I understand that. I get that. But I'm, we well, I applaud you. I applaud yeah. you for that. A lot of people can't be that humble. I apologize. I applaud you for that. And we want our children to to read the word of God. We, we want them to know God's word. Um, I, I do a seminar with parents and, and young people. And one of the things that I say to them is you got to remember when when God is in 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 flesh on this earth. He did not open the Bible to preach to people. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't he didn't go get the scrolls and say, turn with me to the 12th division of Isaiah. He told stories. Mm -hmm. God himself didn't even read out of the Bible to preach to people. Yeah. He told stories. There was a man that had two sons. The kingdom is like a shepherd. It's like a lost coin because he understood they are not going to get into all of this that Isaiah said. They're not going to understand it. They're not going to relate to it. Let me bring the principle of Isaiah to a parable, a story they can understand. And when we do that with our young people, rather than try to get them to read the Bible, whatever lesson the Bible would teach, tell them a story about your life where that lesson has been realized and actualized in your life. Yeah. Don't tell them, don't smoke, don't drink. Tell them when you did smoke and drink and what happened. Mm -hmm. Because you'll have a captive audience. No, yeah, they're going to use it on you. Absolutely, they're going to use it on you. Oh yeah, he does. What, what, oh yeah. How you gonna tell me? And you was getting lit, was getting lit, ain't getting lit now. Sit down. But that's like it's it's nothing no one can tell my kids that they don't already know about me. And that's what I'm because I I teach them through my mistakes and my my daughter like they they laugh because I'm like man, your mama was a you know it. I, because I can say it to them. It, it, they're like, oh, here she go. I'm like, so look, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. and, and so, but that gets them to where they're actually open. I feel like the way that you're going to win people now, you're going to have to do it how Jesus did. You're going to have to be transparent. You're going to have to tell them a story and break it down. Uh, they, they like playing the little games to see if I can take a song. And normally I could take a song that they mentioned and say, oh, yeah, it is a Bible story, right? And I relate that song and break, break it. My brother, I did a whole sermon for him off preaching 50 cents, many men. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And so they checked to see if, hey, can, can you, so what story will go with that? Oh, that's easy. That's David right there. Like, <laughs> like I, it was many men trying to kill David. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> and so now, because I was able to relate it to something that they're interested in, now I didn't grasp their attention. And so it also helped them be a little bit mindful of the message, but not actually saying, oh, no, oh, no. I, I switched their message of how they actually look at it. And they're like, OK, cool. 
but we have to be transparent and teach them. The biggest thing is that you have to teach them relationship and not religion. And a lot of us grew up off of religion versus relationship. We grew mm-hmm. up off, off Big Mama Nilm's religion. I, I talk about Big Mama. I grew up off Don't do it. religion. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mama always going to come, right? That arm going with the all this going to come through the screen. I'm going to do it. Like well, she gets too confident. But like even with prayer, because I thought that I couldn't pray, but I didn't. I didn't think my prayers was getting through because I didn't sound like my grandma. Mm-hmm. And so, but but my grandma was the one that actually helped me out. But a lot of us are depending on the relationships of our big mama and them, and not realizing that we we kind of grew up on the the religious practice of having to go to church and having to be in this program. And after that, we got a benefit program and then they got the, the cry appreciation program and, and we're constantly <laughs> in church, but we're, we're teaching religion and not relationship. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to be big on teaching my kids. Hey, y'all got to have a relationship for God yourself. You can't depend on my relationship with God because my relationship, just like my marriage is not going to look like pastor Jay's marriage or whatever, my relationship with God is not going to look like Pastor Jay. I don't, even though both of us are our prophets, called called us prophets, our relationship with God and our walk with God is going to be different. And so, and how he talks to Pastor Jay is going to be different in the way he talks to Prophet Tish. So it's, it's just, it's different, our Prophet Jay. But yeah. So I, I wanted to say something to that, uh, and then we'll get back to Pastor Weathers. Um, I, I taught on this about Christian codependency, where as soon as the person that brought you into Christianity, either don't go to church no more or or not acting right, you really not saved on your own relationship. You were saved based off what they did or implemented over you, but you really didn't know because it's I realized when I went witnessing once that people that even was in the church didn't know the Bible. People that was in the church didn't even know what Jesus could really do. They just knew the catechisms, you know, and knew all the nuances and the phrases. And it's always you could see it in um, how people get church hurt because they weren't there for God. They weren't even probably told to go to that church due to God saying this is where you should be. They went there because they heard somebody. They thought it was fire. They wanted to get close to the preacher. They wanted to get on the praise team. They wanted to get seen. They wanted to get heard. They wanted their name up big. And when that did not happen in their favor, they was like that church and, you know, them Christians. And they grouped everybody that was in the Christian faith as the same thing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is so crazy to me, and it's not crazy, it's just people in human nature, is that they they get to a point where they don't see God for themselves. They see everything as I'm a blame God because this person, instead of treating every situation as a new situation. So Pastor Weathers, what have you experienced with, let's talk about church hurt. I would love to hear your aspect on church hurt. Man, <laughs> that one is a, uh, that's a long list right there because a lot of hurt isn't done intentionally. I think that also has to be expressed uh, that a lot of people experience church hurt and it wasn't someone intentionally trying to hurt them. However, if the end result is hurt, you can't dismiss that. And I've experienced church hurt. A lot of it was from preachers and pastors because I was so young and they would bring me in to preach. I'd preach, tear it up as a language we use. And then (laughs) I would find hating 
instantly. Or if they'd heard about me before I got ready to preach, they would say something to the effect of, we bless God, we got this little young preacher here that's going to come and give give his little sermon tonight. We glad to have him. Right? Little. So it, it, would be, it would just be that instant trying to intimidate me before I even preach. Um, you know, that that used to really hurt me because there, a lot of these men are men I looked up to, men I'd heard about, read about. And so that that really hurt because I felt like if anything, you'd be encouraging me, you'd be giving me tips, you'd be helping me out. So that that was a lot of church hurt. Probably the greatest church hurt for me uh, happened uh, almost 20 years ago. And uh, I committed adultery um, in my first marriage, previous marriage. And it was public. It was made public. It was made known. And I, I'll never forget, I was working for a church. I was on staff at a church. And the bishop at that time of that church said, listen, man, you're repenting. You're in the right place. You should be in about this. It doesn't have to be known. We can deal with this behind the scenes and all that. And I thought about it. And I said, no, I said, because I preached to these people and I was actively engaged in this and it's deceitful that I was doing this while preaching to them. I said, no, I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand before the church and let them know what I did. And I'm going to ask their forgiveness. I was young. Like I said, it was like 20 years ago. So I did on Sunday night, church packed. It was about 2000 member church, church packed out. Everybody had heard, you know, so um, I stood up there and sat myself down. Uh, and for about a year and a half, I didn't preach, didn't teach, didn't MC. I had engagements already planned that whole year, canceled every one of them. And every Sunday I went and sat on the front row of that church and responded as if I had never preached because I really just wanted to be saved. Now, what I did was wrong. I was arrogant, egotistical, man, just full of pride and thought I could get away with it. That's why I did it. It wasn't Delilah. It wasn't Jezebel. It wasn't some demon that came over me. No, it was all that suppressed lust, rage, anger, confusion, all of that bottled up that had never been dealt with. You then combine that with pride and ego. At some point, it's going to manifest into some mess. And that's what happened for me. And during that period, I'll never forget this. I went up for prayer and there was an elder there who I knew didn't really care for me when I first come to that church because the pastor hired me. He had all kinds of ministers and pastors. He heard me preach at some convention and then brought me to, to California on staff. And so it was like bypassing all those other great candidates to hire me. So it was instant, just some hate there. I'll never forget this guy. I went up to, for prayer. I did every Sunday and he whispered in my ear. I'll never forget this. Look at you. You ain't so high and mighty now, are you? Oh, wow. now I'm standing up there thinking I'm about to get prayed for. Wow. And, and this is whispered in my ear as I'm broken, lost everything. I mean, when I say everything, everything. I was at one point I was living out of out of my vehicle. And and those were the words that were whispered to me. And I broke down. I broke down. It was it was. To this day, I can't put it into words and I'm a wordsmith, but I, I can't put that into words. What that did to me, that someone would take advantage of of this moment to say to me what they would have always wanted to say to me, uh, but, you know, couldn't. So the hurt has has ran deep. 
Um, I could tell all kinds of stories, man. But mm. honestly, out of all of the hurt, I'm a fan of the church. I love God's church. It's this counterfeit one that I have problems with. It's this counterfeit church that, that I refuse to be muzzled by the mess that goes on. But the church that Jesus started, that all of us are a part of, I, I still believe in it. I don't think there's any other vehicle on this planet that changes lives uh, like, like being a part of God's church does. So to anybody watching or listening that has gone through church hurt, I want you to understand something. It wasn't God that hurt you. It was it was a person that did. And mm -hmm. God is bigger than that person. He's bigger than that institution or that building. And don't let that stop you from going after Jesus. I promise you there are some other individuals you will encounter who will love you with the love of Jesus Christ and make sure that you are healed and whole. I promise you that. Ooh, amen. Man, you didn't hit hitting kind of heartstrings today, Pastor. I'm just saying. Um, wow. Okay, Amen. So we're gonna go ahead to um, your your agency. Let's talk about your agency. Um, a lot of things that your agency is doing. Um, you actually have been a corporate trainer for two Fortune 500 companies. You've done a lot of things, and even with marketing, social media, all that breakdown. What is the weather weather agency? Break that down for the people so they can know about what you guys serve and what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Well, Weather's Agency is a we're a global design and brand uh, agency, and we work with corporations, entrepreneurs, literally around the world. I have a great staff and team, global team that we we work with that helps me do what we do, and we give brand imagery, uh, brand strategies, direction. I do consulting. Uh, we do it all. We're a full service agency. I tell people from business cards to billboards, we do everything. Our tagline is: We bring a visual to your vision. Uh, so our job is to, to listen to you, listen to your heart through several discovery calls, and we get to the crux of your why. And I want to say this, if there's any entrepreneurs right now who are stuck on clarity, you're trying to get the clarity of your brand. You're trying to figure out how do I find my niche? How do I find the market? Keep asking why until you can't ask it anymore. I want to be successful. Why? I want to do this business. Why? I want to do it this way. Why? I want my logo to be this color. Why? If you keep asking why, you will finally get to the clarity of what it is you're trying to make happen. And that's where brand strategists like my company come in. The beauty of my company is we're not just brand strategists. We're also a design agency. So we can facilitate whatever we help you come up with in strategy. We can facilitate that through visual design as well. So some companies are great at brand strategy. Then there's other companies that are great at graphic design, but they're not brand strategists. So you got to be careful just because someone's an amazing graphic designer. That does not mean they understand brand strategy. So I encourage people before you design a logo, before you choose colors, before you come up with your tagline. Talk to a brand strategist. They will help you understand, especially if you're wanting to be a global brand. We're a global company. So there are colors that I can't use for a company in Tokyo that I can use here because that color represents something negative. 
So if I'm going to compete on the world stage, I have to think about that. I have to get probably four variations of my logo in different colors so that when I am marketing to someone in China or someone in the Netherlands, I'm not being offensive by just my color palette. And whole mm -hmm. deals can be destroyed because you use the wrong color. So those are the things that we pay attention to that you may have never thought about. And we weave all of that from color psychology to brand development, all of that into every brand that we create so that you can actually compete on the world market if you choose to. So what's next? What, what, what is, what is your why? I'm going to use your, what you just said. What is your why? What is your next? I came to my why, uh, in, in October, October the 23rd, I'd got finished preaching and was preaching um, digitally and sat down to eat lunch. My wife had prepared lunch for me and I sat down to eat. Uh, I'd probably been sitting maybe two minutes and all of a sudden it felt like someone literally climbed inside of my chest and sat down on my heart. And October the 23rd, I had a massive heart attack, uh, what they call wow. a widow maker. Uh, and my cardiologist told me if you had arrived here two minutes later to the hospital, you'd be a dead man. Um, it was particularly, it, it's hard for me to talk about this, I'm going to get emotional, but it was particularly striking for me because my best friend two weeks before, uh, we, cel we celebrated his life uh, because he also had died of the exact same Ooh. thing. He died in his house. He was downstairs preparing to go to church. His family heard a thud downstairs. They didn't pay any attention to it, thought he's down there moving around. They noticed he hadn't come up yet because he always came up at a certain time to go to church. His son went down, teenage son, senior year of high school, uh, went down there and turned him over and he was already dead. And I couldn't even go to his funeral. It was I was so distraught, best friend. And here now, a few weeks later, the exact same thing happens to me. Praise God, my beautiful wife. I think she's on here tonight commenting. Uh, thinking very quickly, called 911. They came stuffing aspirin down my mouth and realized I was in full STEMI, rushed me to the hospital. While I was laying in, in the bed recovering, I started thinking about my life and it hit me that if I died, if I was no longer on this planet, there she is. Hey, babe, she'll find something. <laughs> Y'all better give her a hand clap. Yes. All yeah. right. That's a good rib right I'm, there. That's hey, a good I'm trying rib. to be, I'm trying to stay focused now. You're going to come here all fine <laughs> oh, and think about you. And then, then now, man, hallelujah. He's a good God, ain't he? Won't he do it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So what was I talking about? Anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Pray, <laughs> listen, you prophets and apostles, pray me through right through here. Uh, I was laying in the bed and uh, it hit me. If I had died, what remained of me in this world other than memories of great sermons I preached, people I helped, mentored them saying, you, you were a blessing to me. I have no books, all this knowledge I have, never written a book, no buildings or institutions with my name on them. I'm a marketing genius, and I don't say that arrogant. I've paid the price to, to say that about myself. I've marketed everybody else, but not me. Mm. And I laid in that bed and I realized, Larry, you have devoted your life since age 15, I'm 47 now, to ensuring 
other people left their mark in the world and you forgot about you. That's why I said the greatest lesson I've learned is putting myself first doesn't make me selfish. I just learned that lesson back in October. Mm. So I realized either you make some radical changes now or you're going to die and you're going to die with so many unrealized things that you could have done because mm. you were so busy making sure you were ministering to God's people. Mm. You forgot to minister to you. Mm-hmm. So we had a church, church prosper, church doing well. But I realized for me to keep being lead pastor and me with the responsibility to preach and to teach every Sunday and be connected to this, this call of God, I realized it would keep me in that same cycle. So we closed the ministry down. Mm. Wow. And I said, no more. I'm moving into my next and everything I do from this day forward until the last breath of my body will be centered around what Larry wants to do based on the gifts God has given me and the purpose he has called me to do in this earth. So we're doing things that I've been wanting to do for years, like sound. I'm going to be releasing soon a a network and fellowship for pastors and leaders. It'll be called Sound Alliance that we're going to bring people who don't have covering, they don't have leadership or development. Uh, It's not going to be this, we get together and just have church. It's really going to be a networking. It's going to be an opportunity for people to connect with other people. And then I can share what God has given me. Uh, I am gonna open a school of ministry. Uh, There are other things, I'm already a philanthropist. I give uh, like crazy, me and my wife both do that uh, even here in our community, literally around the world. So those things are gonna continue. Uh, and then my agency, we're looking to to branch out and expand in the Philippines, open an office there and uh, and some other offices around around the country. So the rest of my life will be spent making sure that that uh, legacy is left in, in this planet other than a good sermon. Wow. I love what you just said, because and the reason why I say that, because so many people think that there is um, glamour as to being a preacher, a pastor, um, having their own church and, you know, being responsible, just, you know, it's so much more to that. And um, what you just said, it it speaks volume to a lot of people, including myself, because, you know, um, I'm a pastor, but I definitely not not wanted to have that kind of responsibility like that. Um, A lot of people say I should, but it's not up to them. It's truly up to me, you know, um, and what you just said, it, it speaks volume because this should let a lot of people know those that I keep wanting to be this quote unquote pastor or this quote unquote overseer. Um, it should let them know that, look, it's so much more to that. It's 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 way more to just being a pastor running the church and, you know, having service here day and night, weekend and all of that. It's so much more to that. And and. A lot of that has been going on. And that's why we got so many churches now, because everybody want to be their own entity. They want to be their own you know, leader. They don't want to come to grips of, you know, fellowshipping and, and being, you know, connected to one another. They just want to be their own thing. And so I really commend you for um, for really doing what you did, because I was going to ask you um, about the move from Atlanta back to your hometown, because I'm from Chicago and I'm not not going back. And so. um <laughs> 
I love Chicago, but I don't want to go back. You know what I'm saying? But I, I really, truly commend you. And I'm definitely going to be wanting to look for more and follow and be a part of, of what you're doing because it is time for such a change. You know, the norm is not the norm no more. It's time for something better and greater. So I just wanted to say that to you. And well, to thank you so much. And moving back, I'll tell you very quickly, uh, I had no plans to come back. Uh, my immediate family, we've been estranged for years. Uh, and so God started taking me down a different path with ministry than the way I grew up. And so my my parents and family disowned me. Uh, and so me and my dad, and mom, we never reconciled, you know, up to their death because, uh, you know, I'm letting them wear pants and earrings and makeup. You didn't grow up <laughs> like that. So, you know, they saw me as not being saved. And that caused a whole rift in my family. Uh, my sister um, uh, had a stroke, brain aneurysm. Um, 45 years old and uh, was in a coma for three months. I was, I was living in Atlanta and uh, she never came out of that, out of that coma. She passed away. Mm -hmm. And so between Atlanta and Kentucky, I was flying back and forth and being here in my hometown. And just one day it just, it, it clicked like maybe we could have an opportunity to be a family again with my remaining siblings. Uh, if, if I made the choice to initiate it and move back, and so I did. And we sat down and talked. You know, our parents are gone. So some of the things that were keeping the division were no longer there. And we sat down and talked, had real heart to heart. And we were able to come to some forgiveness and healing. And so we've now been able to have an amazing relationship with me being back here in, in Kentucky. And what I thought would never happen, uh, wow. God made it happen. But it was on the heels of tragedy because my dad had just passed away a couple years before. So it was just back to back death. But through that, the power of God was realized. Here's where it gets even more succinct to God being in it. The fact that I was living in Kentucky is why I was able to be alive. Because if we had lived in Atlanta, there's no way medical personnel could have got to me. Being here mm. in this town, they got to me in seven minutes. Wow. And that's what saved my life. Yeah. So had I not moved, <laughs> and I thought my I was God. moving to save the relationship with my family. And I was moving so God could save my life. So don't, don't ever dismiss unctions you feel. And when God is saying, do something, you may not see why he's saying, do it, but move when he says it. Yeah. Amen. So, so one thing I want to say, pastor is you just showed, um, and and I think you will be able to relate with this, seeing the corporate side. You show to, to preachers today that there is a latter year where you don't have to preach till you die and and be able to pass the torch. Because a lot of it, it goes back to what Dr. Marvinetta Clay said. A lot of people, because they didn't they got looked over. They went and started a ministry because they looked because the, the the changing of the guards never happened, which I feel like that's why COVID came. But that's a different that's a whole nother story um, is the reason why so many people um, went somewhere else. And I really feel like it's, it was deep because there's a lot of preachers that need to hear your testimony to say that there is life after church and you could pass the torch and you don't 
have to die on the pulpit and and live a life where you feel like you can't live out. Because when you work in a corporate job, why are you able to retire in a corporate job in 20 years? But it, it, people put that you have to be lead pastor for forever. Like that <laughs> doesn't well, make common. I, I tell you why is because a lot of pastors don't have options. Um, I, I've got you know I've got an agency that provides my livelihood um, where I didn't have to take a salary from my church. So a lot of pastors are stuck in this cycle of having to pastor until they die because they have no other livelihood or any other way to create income for themselves. And then most churches, especially a lot of African-American churches, don't have structure that is created for retirement from the church. So it forces that pastor. And after a certain you know moment, the pastor is bitter. They want to do something else with their life. They can't do it. They feel trapped. And th and those nuances and emotions start to come through the sermons. It starts to come through the spirit of the house. And then when, when that comes, the house won't grow. Morale is low. So then you get even more upset because you're doing all this work. But the house isn't growing. The church isn't growing. It's because you're not growing. So what I try to help pastors and pastors, if you're if you're watching, reach out to me. I will help you create other livelihood. You've preached so many messages. You've taught so many lessons. You need to develop some courses. You need to create a website, take all that knowledge, reach out to me. If you're not a great writer, I've got writers. I've got ghost writers, copy content writers. We'll take your sermons. We'll take your ideas. We'll turn those into courses that you can sell on a website while you're asleep. Wow. We will help you translate those great sermons. We'll bring them out of all the spirituality, pull out of it the practical uh, essence of it and give you a seminar you could present at a corporation or you could present at a school or a business right there in your city. So there are people out there and there are things out there that can help you. Don't feel stuck. And if you know you should be done with pastoring and you know that it's just over for you, stop. Don't worry about what your peers will think. Don't worry about what people will say. Because if you die tonight, they're going to find another church. They're going to find another district elder. Someone else will be appointed to your position. So while you have this moment of life, and that's all it is, decide I'm worth me putting me first. And there are people out there that will help you navigate that. And if you need help navigating that, reach out to me and I'll talk to you and consult with you at no charge whatsoever to help you figure it out. Now, the work we do for you. Yeah, bro. We're going to have to pay me for that. But, these eggs are high. <laughs> but, <laughs> but a consultation to say, how could I do this? What kind of framework? What would it look like? What kind of website would I need? How do I do that? Man, I won't charge you for that. Woman of God, man of God, reach out to me. And if I can help you, I will do that. Amen. With that being said, um, everybody, Pastor Larry Weathers, everybody, um, we just thank you so much for coming onto the platform. And like I've told everybody, and I stand on my word because I said I'm a man of God and I'm a man of my word. I stand on my word and say that when you come on Anointed Radio, your family. Um, our mission statement is that unity brings change and it, it will be a great 
impact that we could come if we came together as a united front to be able to show the unsaved on what we can do together as a collective compared to going against each other. So I thank you, Pastor Weathers, for coming on um, and you family. So anything that you need for promotion, anything that you need um, that you are going to do, I'm already if you didn't know, Pastor Jake putting out here, I have took his courses. He's five. Five. I mean, I mean, his. He signed up while we was on air. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he his courses. He he will break down some things to you. It's not some regurgitated, you know, past collection play. I mean, you will actually walk with a wealth of knowledge, and um, so definitely check him out. Uh, we're definitely here at Anointed Radio or behind you to be able to promote everything that you're doing because you are by your heart. You, you you just really want to teach people how to be free. And I and I, I really appreciate that. I didn't get to say that in class because you always overlooked my comment. But it's okay, though. Um, I'm just saying. It's okay. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I apologize Amen. deeply, man of God. I, please accept I'm, my apology, man of God. I'm just playing, Pastor. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, um, with that, I want everybody to make sure you go follow Pastor Larry Weathers. Check him out. Check out Weathers uh, Weather Agency. Um, it, it will change your life. And I'm telling you, um, pastors, God, if God told you, let those people go, let them go. Because at the end of the day, that could be life or death. And I've seen too many of my, my, my friends that are ministers leave this earth. Mentors, too. And you can have a life after church. Ooh, that's a that that should be a sermon and a book. Life after church, what it look like. So, um, with that, it's about that time, and we're going to go ahead and uh, tell you that you can continue listening to us on our Roku, uh, Roku TV channel on Anointed Radio, just like Hulu, just like Netflix. You could go ahead and download the Anointed Radio app on the Roku platform, or you could follow us on the podcast platform. We're on everything but title because y'all know what that means. JCB hating. JCB hating. <laughs> you don't even own title no more, so I can't even say that no more. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Jay, this is why he, this is why Pastor this is why Apostle passed the brother, marketing strategy genius. Um, he skipped your comment in class. So this is what your comment was. This is what your grade was. Oh, it was wow. F plus. Actually, <laughs> if you put it down, because I play football and how I pass a grade check is you you put a line down. That's an A plus. Thank you. Amen. So um... <laughs> she was really over there. She was really over there drawing it. <laughs> I cannot. Let's get out of here. So I just want to go ahead and uh, thank everybody for listening. Follow us. We enjoy. Follow us on social media at LV Anointed Radio. And if you have a TV show, if you have a podcast, hit us up at TV at anointedradio.com. If you have a stage play or a movie, Christian base, we are doing a thing right now for the F for free to be able to promote you and spread the gospel so that we can be able to get the stage play and your movies out for free um, on the R platform. And um, it's Simi, I'm telling you. 
Much love, peace, and all that good soul. See y'all next week. Stay tuned. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.